You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a six-month subscription to leadquizzes.com valued at $300. Leadquizzes helps you create interactive lead generation quizzes to help you grow your email list. This is the same software I use to generate over 20,000 leads for my business in 2017. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a snapshot or picture showing your subscribe and text it to 716-218-8981 or email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. This guy, after multiple business failures, decided to turn his Facebook ad skills into an agency where he now runs a multi-seven-figure business. Since then, he's also taught thousands of students how to use Facebook to grow their business. He's widely regarded as one of the leading experts on Facebook advertising. So I want to welcome Dan Henry to the show. What's up, Dennis? How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. How's Florida? Uh, Florida is, uh, well, we talked about this before we started. It's hot and full of dumb people. So it's great. Uh, <laughs> it's, I'm egging you I was on born in Florida. I can say that I'm egging you on there. I knew that I knew that that was a little bit of a, an itch you might want to scratch. So I appreciate <laughs> it. So you and I first met or connected and kind of came across each other in the Frank current inner circle. And that's when I started following you on Facebook. So it's very good to have you on the show. I've watched from a distance and you definitely bring the heat when it comes to Facebook advertising. So I'm excited. But for my audience that doesn't know you, there's probably a few people out there that don't know you. Take a couple minutes and just give us a little bit of your backstory because you have a very interesting backstory. And then we'll dive into some strategy and tips, you know, the stuff that everybody loves. Sure. Awesome. Uh, So I've always been a serial entrepreneur. I grew up my whole life as a musician. So like a musician, an artist, I went to art college. I went to, I did theater when I was a kid. So basically I was all like, I was destined to be that, you know, that dude that kind of like sleeps over on your couch with his guitar and his bowl of weed and uh, doesn't really do much. I think I was destined to be that guy, but then I got the entrepreneur itch and it started with me. I bought an Italian ice cart and whenever we would go to my band's shows, I would set up this Italian ice cart next to the stage and pop my girlfriend on the, on the cart. And so what would end up happening is like the band would get paid like 500 bucks, which means we'd each get about a hundred bucks. And then the Italian ice cart would make like $1,800, two grand, something like that. And my whole band hated me. They were like, dude, we go to a show, we walk away with like lunch money and you walk away with thousands of dollars. And when I started doing that, I just got the itch and I, I did every type of business you could imagine. I did airbrush tattoos. I've owned two uh, I've owned a bar and a nightclub. I've owned a t-shirt company. I've done, I was a carny for a little bit. I've just done almost, and there's probably like a ton I'm, I'm even forgetting. I've just done a lot of stuff and I've always had success getting clients, but I never could, I never was a good businessman, probably because I've, I've always been an artist. So where I get my rocks off is, is in creating, you know, 
I don't really copy a lot of people's stuff. I know that everybody's into that right now. Let's all copy everybody's stuff, but I don't like doing that because that bores me to tears. I like creating new things. So I think that's one reason why I got kind of popular quick because I, I had a lot of fresh stuff. But basically what happened was I got to a point where I had to sell my t-shirt company because even though we were doing great, we were selling hundreds of shirts a week on Amazon. We had an issue where I was getting my Amazon hijacked by these Chinese companies that would come in and create my same designs, even though it was my own designs for cheap. And then they'd get bad reviews and they'd hijack my listing. So I eventually moved to Shopify. And then when I did that, things were going well again, but I had a $30,000 printer that took a shit and I couldn't replace it. And the company that had the warranty would not, it's, you know, it's kind of like insurance. Like you pay for insurance, but you don't, they don't actually pay when stuff goes wrong. Right. Same thing with this. Yeah. Same thing with this. And so I was, I had to sell my company for pennies and I was just in a bad spot. And, um, you know, I hadn't worked for anyone for years. And so my wife and my, keep in mind, my wife is from Turkey and she was a lawyer in Turkey and she comes over here and you know, she's never really been a poor person because she had a great life in Turkey and, and she comes over here and, and here we are poor. And so I felt kind of bad because I'm supposed to be the provider, you know, and any man knows that feeling when you can't provide for your wife, it freaking sucks. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. So she looks at me and she says, Dan, she says, we don't have time or money to start another business. There were, there was a point where we actually printed out with our last little single color t-shirt machine right before we sold it, we, we printed out water, $1. And we went and we tried to sell water on the side of the uh, side of the road just to pay the electric, to keep the electric on. It was that bad. So she says to me, she says, listen, Dan, like you kind of suck at business, um, which, <laughs> which is true. Cause I, like I did the dumbest crap. I would like not pay tax. I'd like make all this money from a business and then I wouldn't pay taxes and then I get in trouble and then the business would go out cause I'd have to, you know, pay all this money at once. Stupid crap. And so I, she says, you suck at business, but you're good at one thing. And I said, well, what's that? She says, getting clients, advertising online. And I, I started learning that when I owned my nightclub, you know, I would, I started getting into Facebook ads and other social media stuff. I used to do these tricks. Like if, if I had a slow Tuesday night, I'd go around to everybody and I'd be like, Hey, do you want to check in jello shot? And they'd be like, what's that? I'd be like, if you check in on Facebook right now, I'll give you a free jello shot. So they would check in. So as people, as their friends were driving around, they would get notifications like so-and-so's at Aquabon Lounge. Oh, cool. We're like a, a couple miles from there, but we should stop by. So then like about 30 minutes later, after the whole bar of maybe 10 people checked in, now all of a sudden I had 50 people because of that little trick. And so I just got good at all these little social media things. And so she goes, why don't you just like take that skill that you have, right? And you go find other businesses and you charge for that. Like you charge to advertise to get them more clients. And I was like, wow, that's a crazy idea. Because, you know, I, if you think about it, if you've ever seen the show Mad Men, what is that? What do those guys do? They get paid to create advertisements, right? So if say Doritos wants to put a, a Doritos commercial on ABC, Doritos will pay ABC to put that commercial on. And ABC is a popular TV channel, just like Facebook's a popular website or social media channel. But ABC or uh, uh, Doritos will also pay an advertising guy to create that commercial, write that commercial, make sure it airs at the right times, all the logistics with ABC. So Doritos pays both ABC for the airtime and pays the madman, the av advertising guy to facilitate all that. And so 
the biggest objection I hear when it comes to running Facebook ads for other people is they say, well, why wouldn't they just do it themselves? Well, for the same reason, Doritos wouldn't write and create and film a commercial themselves because they're busy making potato chips. That's not their job. Just like a doctor is busy, you know, being a doctor, a chiropractor's busy cracking backs, a real estate agent is busy showing houses. They're busy doing their job, which is why they hire people to advertise for them, even though they could do it on Facebook, Instagram, all that themselves. So I thought about that. And it was funny because we were actually watching the show Mad Men at the time. And I think that's how I made that connection. And so I went out and I just started asking and I landed, I think it was six or seven clients. And 30 days later, I had made $10,000 from advertising for other people. And so we went from almost getting our lights shut off to using what I like to call now OPB, other people's businesses. You know how the real estate people are always talking about other people's money. Yeah, OPM. I say, well, yeah. Other, use, use other people's businesses. You don't have to deal with their employees, their logistics, their taxes. You just get paid to advertise for them. You deal with one thing. So I did that and I made really, really good money doing that. We got back on our feet. I was actually able to reschedule. We had a wedding, but we had to have it at the courthouse. So I was actually able to redo our wedding and fly her family in and had an actual, you know, wedding, which was really cool. So we did that. And then about, I don't know, maybe six months goes by and I had a bunch of people at, cause naturally when you go from making zero to making 10, 15, 20 grand a month, people start asking you questions like, how are you doing this? Which, you know, gave me the idea to create a program, like a course for it, which I did. And Five months later, we did a million dollars with that. And now today, we've I've turned this into a $3 million business. And I've turned my agency into quite a, a good business as well as before I was charging $1,500 to get started to help me advertise for your business. I now charge 30000 We just signed up three new companies this month. We did So we did 90000 this month in, um, in, I guess you could say, for my agency. And what I've moved to now is a, a consult, more of a consulting model where instead of sitting there and pushing the buttons in the dashboard, I tell you what to do. I give you the strategy. I work with you on, on all the things that are, j- that are outside of just buttons in the dashboard because that's the biggest problem with Facebook ads. And I'll talk about that when we get to the, the next part. But the biggest problem in Facebook ads is that people view Facebook ads as a bunch of buttons and they don't view it as art. And that's why they suck at it. Mm, good point. That's a good okay. point. Yeah. Interesting. And, so, so I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, that, that, I mean, that was pretty much it. And so now I'm like, now I, I, you know, using that skill, now I live in a 8,000 square foot house on the water. I have nice cars, nice things, nice, good doctors for my, I have a kid due in about a month. Congrats. Um, thank you. Thank you. First one. And, um, it's all from the skill of advertising. And, and the beautiful thing about it was, and I always tell people this, they say, well, why would I want to run ads for other people? I say, well, would you want to jump in the ring with Mike Tyson? a week after you learn how to jab. And they go, no. I said, you know, would you get in the major league? Who, who goes to the major league baseball without first playing college ball or the minor leagues? Nobody, right? Well, same thing. If you're going to run ads for your own business, you can spend quite a bit of money on that. If you sell coaching, if you sell courses, if you sell events, if you sell a product, a big product that you've invested a bunch of money in, advertising can be the thing that takes you to the next level or can be the things that bankrupts you. So, when you run ads for easy, easy businesses like like local restaurants and bars and chiropractors and real estate agents, those are very entry level, easy things to get results for. 
So you get in there, you get in the minor leagues, you get some practice in because, you know, if you said to me, Dan, teach me how to get more real estate leads, I'd be like, easy. But if you're like, Dan, teach me how to make a million dollars with my course, I'd be like, well, that's going to take some work. So if by getting in there and playing around in the minor leagues first and getting used to advertising for, you know, easier businesses, you know, kind of like you play a video game, you put it on easy mode, then you put it on medium mode, then you put it on hard mode. Now, when you get into doing it for your own business, now you are, you're seasoned. And that's why I was able to, I always tried to sell courses and consulting and stuff for years and I never could. But after I got practice with dozens and dozens of easier businesses and I learned really how to advertise, then when I went and advertised my own stuff, it blew up like crazy. So that, that's my same advice for anybody else. Like if you've never advertised, I would practice on other people's businesses that are easier to get results for it. So that still means don't go out and, and get hard clients because then that's not fair to your client. Get the easy entry level ones and get your practice in. Yeah. And earn while you learn, right? That's basically what it comes down to. So, you know, I think that's a great strategy. So, you know, thank you for that intro. And I, I think it was important to set that backdrop because, you know, people look at Facebook advertising, whether they're a local business or otherwise, and you just said, it seems like a bunch of buttons, right? And I can tell you that firsthand, when I first got in there, started doing Facebook advertising, it was very intimidating. And I was really lucky because I, one of my first campaigns started getting some really good traction. We talked a little bit about that, but Facebook ads, everything there changes so rapidly and things are continue to change there. My audience would definitely love to walk away with maybe some tips and strategies or tactics on what's working now with Facebook ads to generate leads for their business. Now, it may not be to sell a course, it may not be something specific, but you know, take an example, you know, or give us a couple of things that people could do to really start moving forward and start generating some lead leveraging Facebook with advertising. Yeah, so here 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 it is. Here's the real answer. What is really truly working today is the same shit that worked yet last year and the year before and the year before that. The problem is everybody, this is the problem. Everybody thinks it's about buttons. Even your, your normal Facebook ad gurus. I mean, think about this for a second. These Facebook ad gurus that come out that have been around for a while that have done advertising for really famous marketers, right? They've, they're seasoned. They've been around for a while. They come out or they've been out and then I come out, right? I'm new. I'm fresh. And I outsell all of them, or at least the lion's share, and I get popular super quick. And I'll tell you the number of reason why, because everybody asks me that. They say, Dan, you had no JVs, you had no famous friends, you came out of nowhere, and you outdid all of the, and I'm not saying this to be pretentious or, or to boast, but there's a specific reason behind it. You know, you say, you come out here and, and you, you do a better job, you sell more, you, you help more people, you get more done than these long-standing Facebook ad gurus. And I say, there's one reason behind that. It's because I'm an artist and they are a dashboard monkey. Okay. They live in the dashboard. They breathe the dashboard. Which button do I press? Which is going to get me better this? Do I do link clicks or do I do conversions? Blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. If you have a campaign that's not working, switching your buttons or pressing a different button is not going to take it from not working at all to being amazing. It may take something that's working decent and make it work better. It may take something that's working awesome and make it work fantastic, but it's not going to be the difference. The difference comes in you and how well you perform when you are creating this campaign. If 50 people try out for a movie role 
they all get the same exact script, right? And that's the thing. Everybody's up on these templates and these scripts and all this BS going on. Going on. And you, you, those templates and those scripts, they are good. But everybody thinks if you just have the template or you just have the script, all of a sudden now you're supposed to be successful. And that's just not true. If 50 people audition for a movie role, how many people get the part? Just one, right? Just one. And why? Because they performed it better. They performed it better. You see, people focus on the wrong things. I just had an event at my house this weekend and we were filming people's Facebook ads, right? So they get up on camera and, you know, we scripted out a script for them and they get up on camera and the first guy gets up and he's like, hi, my name is so-and-so and do you have, you know, problems with this thing? And I say, okay, I say, you need to be like, hey, what's up? My name is so-and-so and do you have problems with this thing? Now, between those two, both were said the same exact way, but one captures your attention. One keeps your attention and maintains it. It's a better performance. And I've run ads the same way. Like everybody's like, oh, this algorithm, algorithm. I don't notice anything. My ads have been the same for the past two years and they've converted the same and they've done just as well. Okay. Because I put my, my best stuff comes in me, in my artistry in my performance, not in what buttons I push. So let me, inter- let me, let me interfere really quick. Yeah, cause I, cause this is really important. I want to touch on it. Cause you bring up a really good point. Being artistic is a talent, right? It's some, for mm-hmm. some people it's learned other people. It's more innate. So my question yeah. is, is that taking a person who's not necessarily an artist like yourself, you know, how do you get them to switch over? I mean, because you know, the problem is, is that you have a big personality. You have a big personality sure. when you're offline, when you're online, when you're at the grocery store, when you're with your wife, when you're with your friends. And I'm sure it varies a little bit, but you're still Dan, right? So how do you make them not be them and still be able to have that, you know, still be able to perform on Facebook? Because I, I mean, I'm not that, I'm actually much more of an introvert than what you would possibly believe. I'm glad you asked that because years ago, probably about five years ago, I was a natural introvert. I was, I didn't go to parties. I wasn't very good on camera. I actually tried to do theater when I was a kid and I I was not good at it because of that. That's why I played guitar and I didn't sing because, you know, introverts, they can play guitar or drums. They can sit in the back kind of, uh, whereas extroverts are definitely going to be singers. You know what I mean? Right. And so I just one day realized that most of the successful people I knew were extroverts. So I better just get my ass to learn and how to be an extrovert, period. The concept of doing it the fuck anyway, just like, like all, everybody wants to make this little trick or this little hack to, Oh, how can I, you know, what, what, you know, as an introvert, how can I do this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, why don't you just learn to become more fucking extroverted? I mean, I'm sure there's some way for introverts to do it, but for me, I didn't want to do that. I was just like, you know what? Let me just, let me just learn to put myself out there and yeah, just you, fucking you, do it anyway. You got to just steer right into it. It's kind of like public speaking, right? Most people can't stand public speaking, but the more you do it, you force yourself to do it. You force yeah. yourself to do it. It just yeah. gets more comfortable Every, yeah, everybody, over time. Everybody wants a hack. They don't want to put the work in. Right. So here, I'm going to drop some, some value bombs in a second, but I, I just want to wrap this part up by saying that, you know, I could sit here and I could lie to you and I could tell you that there's some sort of magical fucking thing you could do if you're shy or if you're an introvert, but there's not, you just have to do it the fuck anyway. Okay. Like you just do. I mean, that's it. I mean, like I, I worked for this guy who's a multi-billionaire and he was, I w- it was one of my first sales jobs. And I asked him, I said, 
you know, what's the secret to being successful? And he, he told, I don't remember what the advice was, but I remember what my response was. And I said, well, what if I don't want to do that? Or what if I'm not comfortable with that? And he looked me dead in the eye and he says, well, the world needs poor people too. And when I heard that at first I was angry and I was offended. And then as it sunk in, I was like, well, shit, that's the way it is. So you just got to fucking do it anyway. So <laughs> I, I, I learned to do, to do shit anyway. And so here's some, some stuff that I've learned that's really helped me with my ads. For one, there's this little thing I call teach step two. So if, if you're not, if you're not that much of a uh, extrovert and you can't be like, blah, 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 this is Dan Henry and blah, 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 blah. And you just, but you know, you still can bring yourself to be on camera. Here's one cool thing you can do. It's called teach step two, right? So let's say there's a natural process of things and that like, say you have a webinar or something and you, you have a webinar that teaches, you know, X, Y, and Z. So you say, uh, so I'll, I'll just use my webinar. For example, I have a webinar on how to start a Facebook ad agency. So what I do is I, I do an ad and I call it's called teach step two ad. I'll teach step two knowing that they still need step one. So my step two will be something like, here is how to uh, help your Facebook ad clients close more sales. And I give 100% value, right? 100% value, 10 minutes, 10 minutes long, right? And I teach how to get leads to their clients faster and make sure they see them and make sure they close them and all this. So then at the end of it, I say, hey, would you like to learn now that you know how to get more client, uh, your clients, more results, would you like to learn how to get more clients? If so, click here and register for my webinar on how to do that. Right? So what I learned over about three months of doing ads like this was that we would have like a dollar 50 or $2 opt-ins on an ad that just said, Hey, you want to learn this thing opt-in versus maybe seven, eight, or even $9 opt-ins on the teach step two ad, you know, because I'm making them wait for the call to action. So that makes sense. But over the course of two to three months, the ROI for the teach step two ad was way more than just the opt-in ad. And my only guess was because people got value, decided it was good value, and then decided to opt in after they decided it was good value. And Facebook is optimizing for those type of people because it's optimizing for conversions. So it's optimizing to convert people that are likely to enjoy me yapping for 10 minutes about this value and then opting in. Okay. So what happens is I get better quality people and nobody's really talking about this. They're just talking about the clicks and the, like, I don't look at any of those metrics. I rare, I, I'm lucky if I look at lead cost. I spend money over the course of a long period of time and I look at what my ROI is. Just like, uh, I'll give you an example. I just set up a mortgage broker ad the other day and it was very simple. It was, uh, we sent them to a quiz. We said, you know, I think it was for a VA, VA uh, mortgage broker and we sent them to a quiz asking about, you know, what, what branch they were in and all this stuff. And then we got them on the phone with a mortgage broker. Now, the leads were coming in at about $20 a piece which you may say, oh, that's so high and you know, whatever, it should be like 10 or $5 a piece. But because we use some super ninja stuff after they opted in, we were able to get the mortgage broker to land a contract or a loan application and get the loan. And, and I believe it already closed within 48 hours after spending maybe 80 bucks. So 
you know, it's not just about lead cost. It's not just about cost per click. In fact, I don't really look at any of that stuff. Once I started looking at money in and money out, everything started to work better and I was able to scale better because I didn't get distracted with, oh, this is scores, this relevancy score is low or, oh, this cost per click is high or blah, blah, blah. I just looked at how much money am I spending and how much money am I making? And once I started making that my main metric, I was able to to spend more, make more and scale. And now we consistently do over $200,000 a month for that one offer, just that one offer. And it's because I don't worry about those, those dashboard monkey things. I worry about my art. I worry about what I'm saying. I worry about the art of it. And the same thing with like, with like, like when we do ads for local uh, chiropractors, we make the chiropractor seem fun and energetic, not like a doctor. You know, everybody's running these ads, make, make, you know, all, all the chiropractors and the doctors act, act all professional using stock images. I've run ads before where I've made the chiropractor wear a funny hat and just stupid stuff like that because it's out of the box and it converts better, period. So I just think that many people, they want something that's push button and they don't want to put the work into being any sort of creative, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and so if that's you, then you should run an agency. Because you don't really have to be that creative. Like you can run very simple offers for very simple businesses and make tons of money. But if you want to be a multimillionaire, sorry, you got to be creative. You got to have some talent. And that's just the way it is. Sure. Absolutely. So knowing what you know now, right? I mean, you went through a lot of trial and error, a lot, a little bit of success, a lot of failure, and then you finally found your sweet spot. But knowing what you know now, what would you do differently during your entrepreneurial journey to help you get further faster. Yeah. Okay. This is a, this is a good one. So you know how everybody says you should go all in and all this crap and you should, you know, you shouldn't tiptoe if you're going to do something, you should go all in. Right. Well, that's terrible advice. That's terrible, terrible, terrible advice. I don't do that anymore. And it's probably, if I would have realized that a long time ago, I would have got, uh, I'd been more successful a lot faster. So I used to go all in on businesses, right? Go all in. And what would happen? One bump in the road would happen and I'd lose everything. I've lost so many businesses before by going all in and, and leaving no wiggle room for any kind of error. So what I've done now is I've learned to test the waters. I'll give you an example. And we did this. I just held an event where we did this and I had other people test it. And some people ended up coming back the next day, making two, three, four grand overnight. So let's say you want to, you have an idea, right? And, um, it could be something super simple, like to teach something, a program, a coaching thing, a course, whatever. And it could be the smallest solution to the smallest problem. Like, you know, let's say you don't know how to set up your Amazon store. We're not talking about making millions with Amazon. We're saying just, you don't know how to set up your Amazon store. So you decide that you want to sell something for $97 that teaches people how to set up their Amazon store in 60 minutes or less. And that's it, right? So you go on your Facebook page and you say, hey, I thought about putting together a free cheat sheet or a free training video and about how to, how to set up your own Amazon store, okay? But I want to I make sure it's good. So if anybody here is interested in that, let me know. If you're not interested in it, then I won't bother, right? By the way, I call this the, the curious expert. So you do that. Now, here, here's the one golden rule you have to understand. If there are people out there willing to take the time to consume free information, then there's also a section of those people 
out there willing to pay for more information. So instead of going and spending the next three months creating a course, getting everything ready, doing logos, setting up a membership area and all this crap, and then trying to sell it and then realizing, oh shit, nobody wants it. And then wasting all that time, which I have done before instead. And what I encourage others to do is actually dip your toe in the water, but do it strategically. Okay. First you say, Hey, I'm going to create this free thing. Are you interested? And if they say yes, you say, great. Can you answer a few questions? Because I want to make sure it's the best possible training it can be. So then you send them to a Google form and they answer some questions. And that, that they literally, when they answer these questions, like, you know, what problem are you having for this? What's the next step that you don't, that you're not sure on and, and that you need to do and blah, 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 blah. It literally tells you what the content should be for your cheat sheet, for your webinar, for your sales video, whatever it is. So then you go out and then you make the free stuff, right? So when you make the free stuff and they consume it, then you make an offer and you say, listen, I'm going to do this live training on March 10th. It's this amount of money, blah, blah, blah. Come and, and, um, you know, come to it and, uh, you know, whatever. So if nobody buys it, guess what? You don't have to do anything, but if people buy it, now you can create it and you can create it on the fly and then you can turn it into an evergreen product. Give you a quick example. I said, I did this thing called get account back and you, you know about it, Dennis. It's, we did like $40,000 of that product and here's how I did it. I said, Hey, I'm going to charge, I think it was $47. I'm going to charge $47 for our live webinar. I'm going to show you guys how to get your Facebook ad accounts back and how to prevent them from being, you know, how to prevent them from being um, uh, shut down. So what I did was I sold access to a live webinar and I taught all this stuff. I got people on, I looked at their stuff and it was all live. And then I just took the recording and sold it after that. All right. So I strategically set my product up to where I never wasted time. If something didn't work, then the whole train stopped and I didn't have wasted time. Yeah. When you were talking about that, it's so funny because that's exactly what I was thinking about. I saw you do that firsthand. You put it out on Facebook. There was a lot of people who were interested then you decided to put the training together then you put, you know, you sold it and then you sold it after afterwards as the recording too. So it's awesome. Yeah. No, that's yeah, a perfect see, I, model. I've also done that where I've put stuff out there and people weren't interested. And so I didn't do anything, but I didn't waste my time. You know how many times I see people spend all this time and energy on shit that, that doesn't work? It's because they're, see the problem with a business is it's not very friendly to visionaries. When you have a vision, you want to see that vision through whether it sells or not. And that's not good. What my, my vision is a, is a successful business. So I put things out there and I see, it's kind of like if you go fishing, right? And you have 10 different types of bait. And if you're out there and you are, are fishing and one type of bait, all the fish are biting on, but the other types they're not biting on. Are you going to use the other bait or are you going to use the one that they're biting on? Exactly. I mean, entrepreneurs have a habit and a bad habit of falling in love with their ideas, right? And so you yes. need to validate those ideas. And I call it, I say, listen, you need to have people tell you that your baby's ugly, right? Because, hey, yeah. listen, the, you know, that's what you need. You need to hear that as an entrepreneur. You'd rather hear that before you invest all this time and energy into that. So I think that's a great strategy. And I appreciate that. I'm, the audience, you really need to pay close attention to that because it will save you hours and hours and months and months of work and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and tons yes. and tons of disappointment. Because if you don't validate these ideas, you know, I'm going to tell you, it's it's not one out of 10 that's going to go bad. It's probably eight or nine out of 10 that'll go bad. And so you can save a ton yeah. of time. So, so 
listen, we're going to have to wrap up here, but before we go rapid fire on these next two questions, what's your favorite growth tool or software that you've been using here in the last year or two? Ooh, growth. Oh, okay. Well, it's one I created, so I don't want to self promo. So I'll try to think of a different one. Let me think. Uh, growth tool. Well, I mean, I use ClickFunnels a lot, but okay. I don't know if, I don't know. That's when you say growth. No, that's growth, cool. That's good. Yeah. ClickFunnels is definitely what I would consider to be a growth tool for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, every, like that's, I mean, that's been around for a while. I mean, if you're not using ClickFunnels, that, there's something wrong with you. So I'm trying to think of something new and fresh. Um, oh boy. So, well, okay. Here's a good one. Snappa.io. It's kind of like a very simple idiots version of Photoshop online. And so when I make like images and stuff like that, it's like super quick to use and you can make really cool stuff because I'll give you an example. If you go to my Facebook profile or my, or my actual business page, there's always a call to action in the, in the photo, you know, not, not the profile photo, but the, what do they call that? The timeline photo or my, I'm drawing a freaking blank here, the cover photo, cover photo. So sometimes I'll quickly make different cover photos with that tool, which will, you know, which will allow me to test different things because I get so many visits to my profiles. And just to drop another value bomb here, if you guys go and you want free traffic and you put a call to action with a simple URL, like, hey, get this free case study, go here. And this is a great way to build your agency as well. You go in to Facebook groups and stuff and you provide value. What happens when you, you say something cool in a Facebook group or online? What is the first thing people do? You check they out your profile. They to check out your profile, right? So they check out your profile and let's say, let's say you're good at, at helping real estate agents and you want to build your agency for helping real estate agents. You could say like, download my 500 leads in 30 days real estate case study. They download the case study because they see it on your profile. You know, you take that to a Calendly call. Hey, you know, I help real estate agents get more leads. Boom. Now you're able to grow your agency for free just by doing what you do every day anyway. And that's getting on Facebook and jacking your jaw, you know? So <laughs> perfect. What's one book that you would recommend my audience, uh, check out one book. So I would probably say, well, I'm a big fan of like the Russell Brunson books, like the whole com secrets and expert secrets. But I would probably say more importantly is a book called the one thing. I forget the freaking author. So I sound like an idiot right now, but it's, it's a white book and it says the one thing. And I think another big problem with entrepreneurs is they, they get shiny object syndrome yeah. and they try to shove too much into one thing and they don't promote just that one thing. And I will tell you this right now, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the biggest mistake I've made is once I got really good at marketing, I decided that I wanted to be, to, to you know, strut my stuff and sell multiple products. And that actually reduced my revenue because my energy was spread out across everywhere. So I just... I had a membership site that was doing great, but it just, it, it made my other main product slow down in sales because I couldn't concentrate on it. So I just this month shut down that membership site. And actually my revenue this month is, has been higher than it has in a long time because I was simply able to focus on selling more of my original product that I've been selling for two years. I think the biggest thing you got to realize is having one thing. Yeah. The and, book is called the one thing and it's by Gary Keller and Jay yep. Papasan. Yeah. That's yep, Jay Papasan. Yeah. Go, yep. go get that book and read it and then like bang yourself in the head with it several times and then read it again because it's the biggest thing to get over, but you need to read it for Perfect. sure. Well, listen, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for today. 
do me a favor, make sure that everybody knows how to connect with you and um, check out the all the stuff you have on Facebook, and then we'll close it out. Yeah. So best way to connect with me is you can either go to the uh, getclients.com, which is my uh, new shiny domain that I bought because um, <laughs> I'm the best at getting clients, but uh, or just find me on Facebook. I'm pretty active on Facebook. And, and being more active on Instagram, I'm, I'm actually trying to unplug a little bit more now that my son is on the way. So you kind of just got to find me where I happen to be hanging out at the time. It could be Instagram, Facebook, or when you go through my website, like I have like my own group that you can get to and I hang out in there a lot as well. So I'm, I kind of pop all over the place. Awesome. Listen, I'll put those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. I definitely want to have you back on as kind of like the resident Facebook expert because I really like your style and the strategy and the way you you know take it from a little bit more of a creative approach. So have an awesome day. Thanks for being here and we'll talk again soon. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.